listeners, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Campion, and this is another episode of One Guest, One Drink, One Question, the most refreshing show on the web. In today's episode, I brought on a good friend of mine. Her name is Riley. Riley, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, Campion. I'm good. <laughs> are you enjoying all this Seattle sunshine? I am. It feels like summer. Um, spent a lot of time on my boyfriend's porch today, so that was very nice. Oh, yeah. Getting outside, you know, getting tan. Yes. Definitely, <laughs> definitely nice. More like getting burnt for me, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Riley, what drink did you bring for us to share today? I brought the Locust Original Dry. Um, Locust is my favorite cider because they usually don't do added sugar. As you probably know, I have a mm. lot of food sensitivities, so can't have ones with added sugar. Um, and then I like them because they're local. So um, they have a tap room in Ballard and they make their cider in Woodenville. Um, and then they also mm-hmm. donate a lot of their proceeds. Um, well, actually, the owner, uh, his daughter has this disease called hydrocephalus, um, which is kind of just like unexplained swelling in the head. And um, mm-hmm. So he had originally just started this company trying to, you know, gain money to uh, be able to pay for his daughter's medical bills. So I Mm. decided to become a member there. Um, And I think it's like 25% of my membership goes towards the hydrocephalus fund. Um, So I tend to go there a lot uh, just because they get like perks and things like that. But anyways, today we have the original dry. Um, I think this one is a a crowd favorite because it's not too sweet, um, but it's also not too dry, even though it's called original dry. So you'll have to let me know what you think. Definitely. Yeah. And the can is just amazing. I love the artwork, the flowers, the apples, all that, the skull. Very yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'll, you'll have to come there with me sometime. It's pretty cool. We can get free flights by the way, with my membership. So that's pretty cool. Oh, now that that's an offer I cannot refuse. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I actually love it so much. So definitely. Uh, it sounds like a delicious cider house, and I'm excited to get into it. But before we do, uh, we have a tradition on the show to give a shout-out or a toast. Do you have any shout-outs you'd like to give? Um, let's see. Well, I guess I would like to give a toast to the people who are sick right now. Uh, hoping that mm-hmm. they have access to clean health care and that they um, have access for, to respirators if they need them and that they get better soon. Definitely. Yeah, I'd like to toast to them as well. I'm, I'm hoping everyone can have a safe and speedy recovery and uh, that if you're unhealthy for any reason that you um, seek help and that uh, you get that help. So that's a wonderful toast to give. Let's go ahead and crack our cans open and uh, give awesome. a cheers. 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 <sighs> oh, man. That sure is good. <laughs> is it actually? Do you like you know, cider? I do like it. And it just like you said, it's not too dry. Um it is a little sweet, but you can tell it's not overly yeah. sweet. Like, they didn't add a bunch of sugar or yeah. anything. Yeah, I like it a lot. I also got Interesting. Um, 
a growler of the mojito kind, which is my all-time favorite. So you'll also have to try some of that. Mm. Now, do they add like mojito flavoring to the cider or how do they get it to have such a mojito taste? I think they just add uh, mint and lime and then make it a little bit sweeter. And typically they Mm. sweeten their ciders by just adding um, apple juice back into it, which is kind of funny. Like they sweeten their apple cider with more apples. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. I I guess it, it... You know, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, there, it's right? just like concentrated um, apple juice, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah, this this is very good, actually, and very refreshing on a day like today. You know, it doesn't kind of weigh you down or Definitely anything. Definitely not. So, Riley, it's time in the podcast where we come to the big question of the day. Are you ready for I'm it? ready. So... I know that you mentioned earlier that you have some food sensitivities, and I know one of those is uh, being gluten-free. Yeah. So my, my question here for you is for people who uh, either want to go gluten-free or need to out of some sort of medical reason, uh, do you think that gluten-free substitutes make it easier for them or harder for them to go gluten-free? Um, I mean, I definitely think they make it easier, like in terms of having access to gluten-free options. Um, With the Mm gluten-free fads, uh, there's been a lot more on the shelves that you'll notice, like labeling themselves as gluten-free. But I definitely think it's more difficult for people to go gluten-free in like a healthy way, um, because I think sometimes people Mm -hmm. have like, I think it's a common misconception that people think that just because something's gluten-free, it's healthy. Um, that's definitely mm-hmm. not true. So I always encourage people that if they're trying to, like, you know, just eat more clean, to not go for labels like that, but more to, like, read the actual in- ingredients list. Um, because that's a lot more telling if something's healthy or not. Uh, however, I will say for people like me um, who have to be gluten-free, Um, Due to medical reasons, I have celiac disease, and it's an autoimmune disease where I can't eat gluten. Um, Mm -hmm. It is really nice for me to have those gluten-free labels um, because Mm -hmm. then I can easily grab something off the shelf versus before this, um, I'd have to spend a lot of time reading through ingredient lists. So um, I'm wondering if, you know, these kind of gluten-free labels or gluten-free products if um you know let's take for example Mm gluten-free pasta um you know pasta one can say it's healthy you know uh with with balance everything can be healthy but of course if you're having pasta every day that maybe not the best (laughs) uh so do you think that this maybe encourages people who who want to be healthy or think they're being healthy and thinking that a gluten-free alternative is better versus maybe uh, they would be better off eating something that's naturally gluten-free, like uh, salads or fruits and vegetables, things like that. Um, do, you, do you think it confuses people? Yeah. Well, let me think here. Um, okay. Like I'm not sure if, like pasta, a lot of gluten-free pasta is just made out of like 
rice or corn or even quinoa. Um, mm. So I don't think those are necessarily like bad to eat, but I think things like there's a lot of um, like gluten-free cookies and things out there. Um, and I think that it would be, yeah, it's a lot healthier to just eat things that are naturally gluten-free, but that kind of um, brings up the thought of um, processed foods in general, because I think that, mm-hmm most foods are healthier if you're eating like whole ingredients or things that didn't need to be processed before you ate it. If that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Um, 100%, I will yeah. say that I have found like my go-to processed gluten-free foods, mm. but I actually eat mm-hmm. a lot. Of, I actually have a lot more food restrictions. So I try and find the processed foods that are only comprised of ingredients that you uh, like would be able to like have in your own home. Um, like I, like yeah. I eat some protein bars that actually I could make myself. I just like, don't go through the, all of the effort, if that makes sense. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. It's, it's like a five ingredient list. Instead yeah, of exactly. And chemicals. it's not like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It doesn't have any like dyes or added sugars or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering do you think that companies maybe take advantages of these fads like gluten-free or dairy-free and put these labels on products that are already uh, free of that? Maybe yeah. like um, a can of salsa. Maybe that's already gluten-free, mm-hmm. but slapping a sticker on that and they can add a dollar to the price. Yeah. So it's uh, really interesting because um, not even just with food-based items, but also with like beauty products. So if you think about makeup or shampoo or lotion um actually had several friends tell me like Mm -hmm. this is so stupid like why is this salsa why does this salsa need to need to say it's gluten-free or why does this shampoo need Mm -hmm. to need to say it's gluten-free and actually for people like me people who have celiac who can't have um Mm -hmm. any cross-contamination at all um or even like minute amount of gluten um it's really helpful for people Mm -hmm. like me to be able to see that label mm. and grab it. However, I, I do think um, the intent with the companies is usually just to try and grab customers, right? Like um, mm-hmm. it, it, I'm lucky because it does give people like me a piece of peace of mind. Um, but there are definitely, I would say it's just like a marketing scheme though, to try and get people to buy the product. Um, That would be interesting to see like, okay, once we slap some labels on something like gluten-free or vegan, um, do like the, like, could I raise the price and still get the same amount of people to buy it? I don't know. Yeah. Do you think that should be something that um, maybe the government mandates or the FDA mandates, like kind of like standard allergens, um, you know, they have highlighted like peanuts and wheat and all that on the back. Do you think there should be a standard non-marketing label on foods? Um, yeah, I think it would be really helpful, especially with the prevalence of celiac disease. So there's actually, um, <laughs> you've probably never seen it before because you're not gluten-free, but you'll actually see it on <laughs> a lot of gluten-free products. They'll have this stamp that says certified gluten-free And this is actually a third party um, that comes in and certifies a product. 
So a, um, a company will have to pay this third party to come in and certify their product gluten-free, and then they can stamp it as certified gluten-free. Um, but I do think it would be really helpful to people like me if the government did pay for something like that. And actually, um, I've been trying to look into that with um, f- pharmacy drugs, uh, because right now it's really hard for me to figure out if a um, drug that I get from my pharmacist is gluten-free. You would think mm-hmm. I could just ask my pharmacist wrong. Um, the FDA actually doesn't require like the ingredients list to be like, you know, anywhere on the bottle. So I always have to go to the counter mm-hmm. and then wait for the pharmacist assistant to go find the ingredients list. And half the time they can't even find it. And so I have to look at, and so I have to mm. look it up online. Um, and for, for people like me and people who have allergies, I definitely think like my first step would be to have them it be federally mandated um, what allergens are in uh, pharmaceuticals. In common yeah. products, yeah, maybe. Pharmaceuticals, pharmaceuticals and yeah. then foods. Because um, right now it is federally mandated that there is ingredients list on food, but it is not uh, mm-hmm. mandated on pharmaceuticals or on alcohol. Um, so it's also really hard for me to figure out sometimes if I can have certain alcohols. Yeah. Gotcha. So I guess the the first thing is kind of bringing everything to an even level. So you, so you just know the ingredients yeah, yeah. and then maybe we can, we can take further steps to label them in kind of a clear way so that you don't have to ask the pharmacist every time yeah. to look at the ingredients. I do ingredients. think um, people like as Americans, I found it like, crazy that we've reached you know a certain level of living yet people can't even get the ingredient to their uh, pharmaceuticals so i definitely think that would be the first yeah that is (laughs) yeah that's crazy definitely so riley we're we're coming to the end here of our time on the podcast and it sounds like we did kind of come to an answer here on gluten-free substitutes you know um gluten-free lifestyle and, and pains that are associated with it, besides, of course, uh, being unable to consume gluten. You have pains, uh, you know, even shopping in the supermarket, going to your local pharmacist, buying alcohol. Um, and so it sounds like there's definitely things we can do to increase um, visibility mm-hmm. for that and uh, make your life easier and the lives of others who either are gluten-free by choice or by... I 100% agree. (laughs) So, Riley, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast today, for telling listeners about your story and about, um, you know, maybe their stories as well. Um, And listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, You know we're the most refreshing new podcast on the web. Every episode, we bring on one new guest. We share one drink together. And we ask one fascinating question. We'll catch you next time. Stay safe in Seattle.